Thank you, Jack. A great, great time to commemorate the Lord's death and resurrection in communion together. Just want to take a few moments to welcome all those who are watching online. Also, if you're visiting One Heart Church for the first time, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And I believe that God is going to do something good in your life this morning. So I just want to take a moment to say a great big thank you to all the helpers and volunteers who uh, helped us with Eric's funeral on Friday. It's, uh, the family was greatly appreciative and touched a lot by the church family that Eric had here and the way in which we served and uh, did everything we could to give him a good funeral and to serve his family. So I want to honour and thank all those who were part of that and we really appreciated the, um, the effort and the love that was shown to the family from the church. So also I just want to say uh, Thursday night at Awaken went off. It was a, a great night and I just want to encourage you if you want to uh, listen to it, get on the podcast, you can listen to the, to the message from Thursday night and I know it will really bless you uh, a lot. Also it's Monique's last Sunday with us today. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yeah, you told me before. So just want to say it's been great. Have you, have you been here since Easter or before Easter? Easter was, yeah. So uh, just say it's been great having you part of the church here. You're going back to the... Where is it? J-Buck. J-Buck. So she's the girl from J-Buck. Um, so just want to honour you for being uh, part of the church and thanks for the time you've Let's hope that you take something from here, wherever you go, and that there's lessons that you've learnt that were good lessons. And uh, she's going to be doing Bible college next year in New South Wales. So I want to wish you all the best for that. And uh, he's going to go home for harvest. That's a great fun thing to do. But uh, I want to just say thanks. It's been good having you with us in Port Lincoln for this last six or so, seven months or so. How long has it been? Seven, nine? Nine. I'm not good at maths. I'm not good at... So what else have I got? Um, yeah, that's all my mini announcements. It's great to have Nikki Arik with us again. Cuz... Good to see you. She's Pauline's cousin, by the way. But uh, I want to, today is, is the finale of Love Church and uh, the Love Church series, Love Church Part 5. And I uh, just want to show you some stuff today that I think will really help people, particularly if you've been caught in a rut, stuck somewhere in your spiritual walk. This could be what helps you break out. But um, the church is made up of individuals that together create the house of the Lord. So, I know that might seem like, oh, well, you know, as if we didn't know that already. But uh, I want you to have a look at a few pictures up on the screen here and have some questions to ask you as we look at those. Okay, is this a house? Can I hear you? Is it a house? No, it's not. Oh, good. Okay, uh, the next one. Is this a house? No. Uh, the next slide. Is this a house? Okay, so... If we separate all those pieces, they don't make a house. But if you put them all together, they make something, they make, they make a building. But a tap that's not in a kitchen, that's not part of a house, is fairly inconvenient, especially if it's not connected to anything. So if you've ever had the misfortune of going to a tap and you know, trying to turn on and it's not connected to anything, it's, like, it, it's really, really inconvenient. Same with like a light switch. If you go to a light switch and try and turn on the power and it, there's nothing there, very, very inconvenient because it's not connected. And that's every time it rains in Port Lincoln, it's like, you know, you never know if you're going to have power or not. But uh, so we all can relate to that. But 
put all the pieces together, the bricks, the timber, the taps, the paint, everything, it, it, and you put it all under one roof, it becomes something. It, it, it's a, it becomes a comfortable dwelling place. It, it becomes something that's useful where you want to be. So I want to get back to this later, but as we're, we're bringing to an end the, the, or bringing to a conclusion the series on Love Church, I want us to uh, consider th- those parts that we've just seen and each one of us has a part to play in the life of the church. So it's a good idea to love your church and love your part in it and find your part and place in God's, uh, in God's house. So I'm going to get back to that uh, a bit later. It's all going to make sense. But I want to recap the Love Church series. Now, if you know me, and, and I've been in this church for a long time, um, I don't usually go into the, to, to the Greek meaning of words and all that kind of stuff. It's not my normal thing. But for the sake of this series, I've had a Greek word every week. So we're going to look at the, the, the four weeks we've looked at so far. And the first week we looked at Ecclesia, the Greek word. Now, don't worry about my pronunciation. I'm not Greek. And uh, if, if we um, uh, get stuck on the, the pronunciation, we're, we're missing the point. But number one, Ecclesia, it talks about a body or an assembly of believers coming together uh, and that word is translated to church. Uh, the, the, the second week we looked at the, the word koinonia, 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 that's how we say it. So, and that means community, where your place matters. So I want, to, want you to understand today, in, in the Love Church series, one of the things that we looked at was that you're important and your place matters to God. The third, the third week we saw the oikos, uh, talks about a household of faith, again translated, you know, another broad term for church, a gathering of people who believe in Jesus. We call that a church today. In the old Greek language, it was an oikos, a household of faith. And the fourth segment was agape, a Greek word for love. Now, there are many words of uh, that, that mean love in Greek, but we only have one word in our language that covers everything, which doesn't do it justice. But the agape love that we looked at, uh, it's uh, talking about a pure love for each other that can only come from God. And that's what we should be aiming for and believing for as the church, that we have a, a level of love that isn't consistent anywhere else, that you can't find in the world. But it's a, a, a pure love that comes from heaven that binds us together. So if you want to listen to any of those messages, they're all available on our podcast and you can put them all together and get the whole series. So today, number five, which is our grand finale, is love your leaders. So um, the subject of today is love your leaders. So I know straight away some people will recoil from that title uh, due to being abused by spiritual leadership somewhere in your life where there's been something that wasn't right in the house of God, especially from a leader to you, and it's when you hear about these kind of things, you instantly want to reject it. You instantly want to put up your walls and say, no, no, this is, a, this is somehow going to ma- try and manipulate me, trying to, to uh, condition me so that I can be controlled. So don't put your hand up if that's you today. We're not putting our hands up for that. But um, the reasons behind that is because we've all had bad experiences and we can, it, it can extend from beyond church. So sometimes it can be a bad parent, uh, a bad teacher, a bad coach, a bad boss, 
um, and a bad pastor, as we're talking about in the context today. But what we need to realise is those experiences um, want to distort the place of leadership in our life and it's what the enemy can use uh, as a tool to prevent people having a correct relationship with God. So when you have a, 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 um, a bad relationship with leaders, then you'll have a bad relationship with God or you won't, you won't understand how God deals in our lives in the best possible way. It'll be a distorted view. So my hope today is that we may begin a healing in, in our lives and in our families and in the church. Um, God is calling us into greater levels and to sustain that, we have to be well adjusted in every way, including with our leaders. So uh, I'm going to go through quite a few things but, and I really do hope and pray that if you've had a breakdown of relationship with leadership in your life, in any area, that today may bring healing and lift you to higher levels to allow you to go and do things that you thought you could never, ever do before. So I'm going to rip the band-aid off real quick today. So we're going to start with the, the, the worst first. Hebrews um, chapter 13, verse 17. It says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over, your, watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow because that would certainly not be for your benefit. So there's the big hit up front. Um, obey, do what they say. Now that can be very, very confronting for those who have been abused by leadership. A very confronting thing. Well, you know, you're saying, I'm not going to put myself under an abusive thing. So I want to I um, uh, bring some assumptions to you today. And I'm assuming here the leaders that you're going to obey and, and, and submit to in that way are leaders who are relatable. They are serving the church with integrity and faithfulness. And that's the, that's, uh, that's the, 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 the foundation place for a leader to be able to speak into your life and to be um, a, you know, a spiritual leader in your life. So they need, need to be relatable, they need to serve, uh, they need to have integrity and faithfulness. So if they haven't got either of those things or any of those things, it, you know, you've got to question their, their place to speak into your life. So there is no place in the church for, next slide please, for domineering, demanding, manipulative leaders. So we, we need to realise that, that, that those things are unhealthy. Those things are not good. And no matter how that they are dressed up, there is no place in the church for domineering, demanding, manipulative leaders. So that takes all the fun out of my, out of my, uh, uh, my life there. But uh, if we want to see a good pattern of a, of a biblical Christian leader... Go home and look at Titus chapter 1, particularly verse 7. It's a perfect description of a godly leader and how, you know, what qualities they should have and how they should behave in their relationship with people. Um, I'm not going to read that out to you this morning, but I hope that you can go home and have a look at that and, and, uh, and judge those things. So if you think that that's hard about, you know, uh, you know, oh, we've got to obey our leaders, if you think that's hard to accept, Look at the leader's responsibility. So although we, you know, God in this place um, 
the Apostle Paul is speaking about uh, leadership in the church. And if you think, hey, you know, he's saying we've just got to uh, obey our leaders. But he says they have a responsibility as well. They watch over your souls and are accountable to God. So there's a heavy responsibility for a leader. Now, we have many levels of leadership in our church. We have department leaders, we have pastors, we have uh, um, you know, various types of leadership within the church. And each one of those leaders, uh, whether they're pastors, whether they're department leaders, kids' church leaders, youth leaders, wherever they serve, are accountable to God for those they serve, to lead them, show them equip them, bring them on a journey of maturity in the things of God. That's a pretty heavy responsibility. So you might think, hey, God's telling me I need to obey them, but they've got a responsibility to report to God. That's pretty big. So it says, give them reason to do this with joy. Now, there are two types of people that your leaders have. Those who bring them joy and those who bring them sorrow. So I'm going to give you a tip. As much as you can, be the joy bringer. Be the one who helps your leader lead easily and lead well. And you can think of ways, you know, be creative, uh, be aware and awake to things and say, how can I assist my leader do their job well? How can I assist the church to be a better place for other people? And uh, when you start to ask yourself those questions, you can actually be um, a catalyst for great things to happen in your church by supporting a leader. So the concept of leaders in the church today has been diffused with the worldly view of leadership, um, that a leader gets served. Um, Matthew I'll give you three scriptures here. Matthew 20, verse 26, Luke 22, verse 26, and Mark chapter 10, verse 43. Jesus taught in each of these places, whoever wants to be the leader must be the servant. So Jesus spoke about a, a different kind of leadership that the world doesn't have. Leadership concept in the world is, I climb to the top of the stack and everybody does stuff for me. I get to the top of the stack and, and, and if, you, if you were to have this wrong in the, in the life of a church, the, the, you, know, you might think, well, the, the leaders and the pastors, they turn up to church and they get served the crayfish. They have a special car park. They get their car polished while we're waiting. You know, all those kind of things. That's a distortion that comes from the world. But what Jesus taught was a, a servant type of leadership that serves others. So... There's a, I've got the Greek of the week. Who's been enjoying the Greek of the week? The Greek word of the week. Let's have a look. Here he is. Proistemi. Don't worry about the pronunciation because that doesn't matter. It's, a, it's, a, it's the concept that we're talking about. Proestemi. I'm getting better at that. That's an easy one to say. But the exact interpretation of that word is clouded but has a context to, to lead, to preside over, to provide for and to give aid. So uh, there's Mr. Proestemi there. He's the Greek of the week here in person for you. But there are many Greek words. I, I, I just wanted to choose one today. There are many Greek words used in the Bible that have translated in, in English with the word leader or leadership. So I just wanted to choose this one because I think it, it gives us a good concept of what a leader means in the house of God, what a leader means in church and our responsibilities as leaders and 
uh, two leaders. So here, that word, proestemi. Let's everyone say it. Oh, you said it all wrong. You guys are hopeless Greek speakers. But the exact interpretation is clouded. But um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.12, Paul uses this word. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, honour those who are your leaders, proestemi, in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Now, there's a massive key there. They give you spiritual guidance. So if, if you have uh, parts of your life where you need guidance, then you need to go to specialists who help you in that area. So if I have a problem with my car, I don't tell the dentist. If I have a problem with my teeth, I don't go to the mechanic. Although they're really good. That, that, you know, I'm sure they could fill it up with something. But the, the thing is here, it's, it's, it says they work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Now, a lot of people think, well, if you're going to be my servant, pastor, then you need to mow my lawn. Um, you need to paint my house. Um, you can come around and, and do my dishes. And I'll tell you something, I've done all of the above over and over again. So I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, I, I've somehow above this stuff, but the primary role of a spiritual leader is to bring spiritual concepts to your life. It's a different type of serving, but it's still serving. And when you can discover that and honour that and not get all wound up and caught up saying, well, the pastor didn't come and mow my lawn when it was too long. There's no one there to help me. You've got to realise that your pastor, this pastor, I can only talk for me, I'm praying for you every single day. I'm getting the list of our people and saying, Lord, we're just praying for that family. Lord, I'm praying for those people. I know that there's issues that are going on here and there. And I'm interceding for your family, for your health, for your, for your prosperity, for your blessing, for spiritual things to be awakened in your life. That's how I'm serving you every single day. And so there needs to be an understanding and a, and a realisation and an honouring of that in the house of God. Now, it's, it seems strange for me to be talking like this, but someone needs to teach. Someone needs to teach the church to, to be mature, to take, to take a, a stand for the things that uh, are, are, are going to either hold us back or propel us forward. So, Old Testament Greek, there are two meanings, uh, uh, that they, the two words they use a lot, meaning uh, to lead. And the, and the meanings of those words were to manage a household, or to manage the temple, and it also talked about protect. I'm not going to use those words, they're too hard for me to pronounce, so we're not even going to go there. But um, the Old Testament had a lot of, uh, a lot of when it's interpreted in the Greek, a lot of words were used to signify leadership. But for the sake of today, and simplifying it, I want us to hone in on the meaning to manage and protect. So a good leader in the house of God manages things and protects things and so uh, I just want us to consider those concepts today as what a leader does is manages makes things work makes things happen and protects protects the interest of God protects the interest of the church so Paul describes some leadership titles that are important for us to understand um, Jesus designed the church um, in a certain way to have structure so that it could flourish and be strong. And sometimes we, because of a, an abuse of leadership, that we, we recoil, we, we distance ourselves from structure because it's been abused in our life. 
And I hope today we can really settle some things and and, uh, have some healing take place so that we can really grow and go to the fullness of what God wants for us because we've been able to to move beyond the hurt and the disappointment and those other things that have uh, caused us to have a distance between leaders in our life. So Paul describes him in Ephesians 4 verse 11 and 12, talks about these are gifts to the church. Now I have a great question for you here today, don't put your hand up. But who loves a gift? Who doesn't love a gift? Yeah, and, and I'll just say, I didn't say this in the first service. You must be a, a nicer crowd for me. But you know, if someone is given a gift and they complain about it, I don't know anyone who ever would do this. But if someone is given a gift and they complain about it, you think, what kind of a person does that? It's, they're ungrateful. They're, they're entitled We've got all these, these names, we would say, a person who, who gets a gift and doesn't appreciate a gift. So listen to this. Bring that concept into this scripture right now. Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. Now, we, now either we're going to appreciate the gifts or we're going to despise the gift. So um, I'm really hammering you guys. You, you guys are getting the, 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 the pointy end of this message. So... I was really nice in the first service. It says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Verse 12, Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So when we consider what we do and how we respond when we're given a gift, We need to transpose that spiritually and say, how do I respond to the gifts God's given me in our church? It's a great question. So we need to love, honour the gifts that Jesus has given to us. And and again, this is not uh, an unhealthy pattern. I don't want us to have an unhealthy pattern where where honour only goes one direction. I said, I said earlier, um, we, we want to be a church that honours those and loves our leaders. But what that comes down to, it's not a pyramid where all the love goes to a pinnacle and, and, and the leader gets it all. But it's a circle where it encompasses everybody else, where it's a, where it's a protective ring that uh, causes a, a, a healthy environment for us to grow in. That's the kind of environment Jesus had in mind when he talks about you're serving and loving your leaders, it, it's a circle, it's not a pinnacle. So hopefully that makes sense. It's the best picture I could give you of that concept today. Now that's a, the kind of house that we want to be part of. That's the kind of house that Jesus wants us to be building. And I started with the question, when we looked at those building materials, now is that a house? Um, and we know that that doesn't make a house. And I don't believe that any individual, I I, I personally think that Jesus created the church out of lots of individuals that wants to put them together and build them together, knit them together, cement them together, whichever way we're going to join. But God wants a church to be committed to to each other and bring our, our point, our part, and connect it so that we build a house, a temple that brings glory to God. So every individual has an important part in the church and it's when all the parts are in their right place and function that it becomes a house. So leadership in the right context facilitates each part to 
create a functioning body, a functioning temple, a functioning church, and it brings vision, it brings uh, uh, achievements, and they can, a church like that can do great things. Under the same roof, so to speak, of leadership, all the parts work together. So leadership equips and positions the church with vision for God's purpose to take place. Um, those who accept the gift of, of leadership carry great responsibility. So in context of a healthy spiritual environment, there's, there is something stronger in the church that loves their leaders. There's a strength in the church that loves their leaders, that, that, that hasn't, um, hasn't got an unhealthy relationship. I know in my early season here in this church, there was an unhealthy relationship. Some, something had gone on, I'm not too sure why or what, but if I said to people, hey, let's catch up, let's have a coffee, they would, they would have this instant regret thinking, oh no, what have I done? Why does, why does he want to see me? And so they would run around asking people, Pastor Rob's asked to see me this week. What have I done? Do you know of anything? What's going on? And, and then when they'd come in to see me, they'd say, um, they're like, what have I done? What, what do you want to see me for? I go, I just want to have a coffee. I just want to get to know each other and just, just talk and encourage each other and, and be a blessing to each other. Just get the circle going of relationship and, and uh, be a blessing. And that's a, that's a type of uh, healthy pattern healthy circle that we need to have in our life so that we can grow and we can flourish and we can be protected and we can um, build a, a great church together so building a great church isn't having a pinnacle leader it's having a church that has a, a, a well-rounded relationship among the members that all interact together all connect somehow with each other that build the great purpose called the the temple of God or the house of God the church. Is that making sense to you all today? So Paul knew, the Apostle Paul knew this, and he wanted believers to love and pray for his ministry because he knew that when you have the, 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 the body you know, all connected to each other, praying for each other, in relationship with each other, then there's a great strength there. Now he says this in uh, Ephesians 6 verse 19, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan, the good news that is for Jews and Gentiles alike. Paul is saying, I can't do the ministry without you. I can't do this without you. I want your prayers. I want your assistance. I want your thoughts to be with me as I do the ministry. And we need that too. I want your prayers. And I hope that you want my prayers. But we need each other to build the house of God together to do something great. And as I said, honour is a circle, not a pyramid. So I don't want to, to, to cultivate something here today or even in, um, introduce something that is, that is cultish or weird. So I don't, I, don't expect, I don't expect people to go, oh, we're going to push this, this honour thing to, to an extreme where it just becomes really weird, becomes like a cult. So if I ever say, hey guys, we're going to stockpile guns and weapons and we're going to go and, and, and go and live in a commune and, and, and uh, you've got to do everything I say, run away, find another church. That's not healthy. It's not, it's not what Jesus had in mind for the church. So it's not cultish or weird, but in context to a balanced, healthy relationship of trust, honour and respect, again, not as a pyramid, but as circles of relationship. 
So I hope you're catching something here today. But love church has a health factor, um, including honour and love for our leaders. I want to tell you that, that, so if you're a leader in the church, I want you to grab some things today about how to lead well, how to serve others, how to be responsible, and, and that's what God expects out of us. And as those who are on team, those who are part of the church, then you have a place of relationship because out of those relationships, you can really grow and flourish spiritually. And who knows what God is going to do in your life and where he could take you when you're submitted in a healthy way to godly parameters and leadership in your life. Not weird, not controlling. And I don't want anyone to go away from church going, oh, there you go, he was setting us up. It's a control freak. Want to control their lives? I can't even control my kids. They don't even listen to me. What chance have I got of you? 1 Timothy 3.1 It says, This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honourable position. Now I want to tell you something. One Heart Church, we need to love those who have, who have accepted the honourable call of God in their life. They serve you to bring you, to bring you better, to, to make you better, to, to, to make you stronger, to bless you. And, I, and when we start to have an honour in our life for those who have served us well, then God does cause a blessing to flow into every part of your life. So don't get caught by the trap. I, I didn't say this in the first service, but you know, the, if you look at nearly all the great leaders in the Bible, they were all knocked by somebody. They were, all, they were all knocked. So there's a, there's a, there's a pattern of human behavior to, to uh, you know, knock leadership. Moses got it. King David got it. Nehemiah got it. Where like, people just knocked them. And for goodness sake, even Jesus got it. So you know, don't think because, because some, a leader may be unpopular for a season that that's okay for you to, to jump in on the bandwagon and, and uh, uh, get involved in that negativity because it happened to all the great men of God and women of God in the Bible. So anyway, that's a freebie there. That wasn't in the notes. <clears throat> if I can have the musicians join me, who's, who's felt slapped around enough today, ready to go home. See, God's method is leaders. And God places leaders in his house. Leadership has a cause, a cost, and a consequence. So I want to show you some things as we finish. Give you some examples. Esther, a great woman in the Bible, took leadership. The cause, there was an evil plot to destroy her people. The cost, someone had to go to the king and bring it to his attention. The consequence, the plot was reversed on the enemy and the people of God was saved. Nehemiah, took leadership. The cause, the walls of Jerusalem were broken down. The cost, somebody had to go to the king and ask to go to rebuild Jerusalem. The consequence, the walls of Jerusalem were rebuilt. Ezra took leadership. The cause, there was no temple. There was no worship. There was no sacrifice. The cost, somebody had to go to Jerusalem to reinstate the worship. The consequences, the temple was rebuilt and worship and sacrifice was restored in the house of God. All took leadership. Moses 
took leadership. The cause, let God's people go. The cost, someone had to go confront Pharaoh. The consequences, the people left Egypt. There was great victories for everyone when a leader gets leading. And in every single one of those situations, people had to get behind the leader to see God do the miracle. So I want us to pray today for this house, for One Heart Church, that we all see the part that we have, that we all see that we have value, that when we put it all together and love church, we become a temple, the house of God, where God does great things, where God moves with us and through us to change the world in which we live. Could we just, uh, could I just ask you to stand with me today, if you will? And I want to pray for a few things, but I'll just do it all together. <clears throat> but I really believe that some people need healing today. And I want to pray for healing for the bad experiences that you may have had with leaders. And that could go all the way back to a teacher, a headmaster, the place where you worked at, at some point in time. It could go to a, you know, your parent. And, it, and mostly it could go to bad experiences you've had of leaders of church that have abused their position of leadership over your life. You need to be healed of that today. You can be healed of that today. But there's a couple of things you need to do. And that, that starts with you need to forgive that person and let them go. Wherever that, wherever that hurt came from. Because I can't tell you that you know, if you, you deal with these things here today and then you're going to get a letter of, um, of, of apology, you'll probably never get that. But you'll be set free when you say, Jesus, I'm going to let that go. Because maybe you've been stunted. You've been um, affected because you can't, you can't be who you need to be because you've, you've got this pain and this hurt and this mistrust of leaders so that you can't get close to those you need to get close to who can help you go to the next level. That's what this is all about. Because a leader helps you in the spiritual go where you can't go in the natural and you need that relationship in your life you should desire that relationship in your life so we're going to pray for that today I want to pray also that you can see that you are valuable that's just as we're coming to a close of this love church series I really just don't want to miss the opportunity where people miss the chance to realize how valuable they really are and how necessary your part is in the house of God the third thing I want to cover too is let's not take our leaders for granted rather love honor and serve them as we recognize that they serve us again not in a manipulative weird sense but if we can could we just raise our hands right across this place today and I want to pray over this church I want to pray over your life that you may go to the fullness of what God has for your life Lord Jesus, we just pray right now. And I think of you know, those who are here today and there may be someone in their life who was a leader who abused their trust. A leader who took advantage of their position of leadership and, and you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't healthy, it wasn't right. Lord, we set those things free today. I pray, Lord God, you give us grace to forgive. I pray that you help us to, to let those things go so that we can grow into who you want us to be. Lord, I pray for relationships with godly leaders, good leaders that help us to see the purpose of God. Help us to grow in our strength, in our walk with you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Lord, we also pray for, for our leaders in our church. 
I pray for every leader, every department leader, every helper and worker, every volunteer. Lord, that there may be that, uh, that circle of relationship at One Heart Church that grows each other, that honours one another, that recognises the difference between a leader and, and the, the role that they play isn't a hierarchy, but it is, it is a brotherhood. It is a blessing. It is a place of, of, uh, of great blessing in our life to have that in our church. So, Father, we just pray today that there may be a, a release of your spirit, a release of the things of God to help us understand and see those things in a much clearer way. And I pray this in Jesus' name. We're going to sing a song to finish off, but um, I just want you to, as we sing, just say, Lord, help me to, to deal with those things. And I've prayed for you, but there may be some things you've got to just let go of, that you've got to say, God, I just want to grow uh, in this area. I want to have that, that uh, correct relationship with leaders in my life. And 